Emma met the Highland chieftain, Duncan Tingling, one Easter Sunday morning. Some people with Scottish blood in their bones fancy names like McGregor and MacDonald and MacIver. Any name with a Mac in it will do. They do not like Tingaling. It is unScottish, they say. We could call him Mac Tingaling, but that won't do. His name was Tingaling, and that's that, as Emma would say, and she should know. On the day in question, she was sick in bed with a cold, a nasty one at that. Her throat was sore, her nose was plugged up. She felt most sick all round. The weather was just as disagreeable. A strong wind was slashing rain against the window panes. Water was gurgling down the outside drain pipes. It was altogether a rough and strange Sunday morning. Not at all the kind of day you would say was fit for the Easter Bunny. Emma awoke to the sounds of a mother at work in the kitchen. She heard the tinkle of cutlery, the clink of crockery and the kettle whistling. If she was not so bunged up with a cold, she might have smelled bacon cooking. "'Good morning, Em,' said Em's mum, coming into the room, carrying her breakfast on a tray. "'Look what your dad has made for you!' She tilted the tray for Emma to see. Then, with the tray held in one hand, she puffed up the pillow with the other before setting down Emma's breakfast on the bed. Emma peered at the tray with half-closed eyes. There was a plate of buttered toast, a small pot of marmalade, a knife, a spoon, a glass of milk, salt and pepper shakers, and, sitting in an egg cup, the strangest creature she had ever seen. It was a boiled egg, on which two eyes were drawn, a nose, mouth and ears. Her father had dressed the egg to look like a Scottish Highland chieftain. The odd-looking creature wore a hat called a tamashanta with a sprig of feathers sticking from it. A kilt of uncertain plaid draped over knobbly knees, a tartan plaid cape, and what seemed to be a black leather belt about his ample middle. By his side stood a round shield and a fierce-looking sword called a claymore. This creation of Emma's dad had no neck. His face and body were one. Yuck, Emma croaked. Is that for me? It is, said Emma. Do you like it? A dressed-up egg was not the easiest thing to warm to. So Emma said, in her croaky voice, thick with cold, It looks okay, Mum. Come, should I lop off his top? Mrs. Lovejoy asked helpfully. She was a number one mum, always kind and generous. What? said Em. Chop his head off. You don't expect me to eat him. Please yourself, dear, said her mother. After all, it's only a boiled egg. Eat the buttered toast anyway. You must get something inside you. Stuff a cold, starve a fever, Em. And this lovely orange marmalade to go with it. With that, she left Emma to get on with her breakfast and went into the kitchen. Emma felt light-headed. 
She tried taking a deep breath through her nose, but couldn't. Her nose was plugged. She really wasn't feeling up to it this morning, as she picked up her knife and half-closed her eyes in a drugged, sleepy way. At that moment, she heard a strange voice speak. Ach, and away with you, lassie, it said. I'm on my way to Flodden, and I didn't want to lose my heed. It was to Emma a most peculiar way of speaking. Flodden? she asked in her rasping voice, managing to say Flodden in the same deep throat tone in which it had been spoken. Aye, Flodden, where all the clans of the Heelands are gathering. Wearily, Emma opened her eyes. Or at least she thought she did. You can speak? she asked. Of course I can speak. Can you? Not much, she said. I've got a sore throat and a bad cold. Aye, I can tell you not up to it, lassie. And what's your name? Emma asked. She was often asked the same question. Duncan, he said. Duncan Tingling. Highland chieftain of the clan McThing. You're Emma, aren't you? How do you know? He didn't answer, but looked at her with a curious steady gaze while she gazed at him as one bewitched. Then an odd thing happened. He began to grow before her very eyes. He grew and grew until he was too large for the tray and had to leap off the bed and onto the carpet where he stretched himself and looked about like someone with an aloof and superior air. I can't stand here all day, he said at last. I have to be on my way. Then you'll have to take me with you, for I didn't want to stay here said M without thinking. She might have been dreaming, but her sense was that everything was real. What was more, even though she still felt light-headed, her headache had gone. Then come with me, my bonny wee lass, said Duncan, holding out his free hand. In his other, with the shield dangling from his arm, he gripped his sword firm and tight. Later, Emma couldn't recall whether they left by the door or by the window. She did remember that it had stopped raining. A fresh breeze was blowing, and white clouds were racing across the sky. Best of all, the sun was bright and warm as, hand in hand, she walked with Duncan Tingling, Highland Chieftain of the Clan McThing, across a Highland moor up to her armpits in prickly purple heather to the brow of a hill. From the top of the hill where they stood, they could see below them a green glen cut by a stream and a grey stone bridge. From the hills all around them came the sound of bagpipes, and, true to what Duncan had said, all the clans were gathering. It was a stirring and wonderful sight, but bizarre and fantastic, for all the Highlanders that day was shaped like Duncan, Highland's chief of the clan McThing. With belts and buckles and kilts and capes, there were eggs that came in different shapes. Some there were with bandy legs, and some were carrying powder kegs. Swords and shields and iron shot. In short, they were an awful lot. Emma said, 
Well, fancy that. It's hard to tell from what I see. I mean, they all look the same to me. It's easy, said Duncan with a frown. All the free-range eggs are brown. The pasty ones, that is, the white. Your mother buys on a Thursday night, when you go with her skipping, hopping, to do the weekly grocery shopping. When all was ready, the Scottish king said, Right, now let the battle begin. The cannons roared a frightful roar. As warriors charged across the moor, the clash of steel on steel rang out, as Duncan and Emma skipped about. Soon, end to end, the Highland Glen was chock-a-block with Highland men, yelling, stamping, flattening heather, chasing, running, hell for leather. There was no place for Em to hide, so she stuck close by Duncan's side. Oh, what a fight, yelled Duncan bold. Any more, and we can hold. What then? Brave Emma called. What do you think? We'll run away, live to fight another day. It seemed a silly thing to do, but Duncan lit a match and threw it at a pile of powder kegs, then ran with Emma on his knobbly legs, until they were back on the brow of the hill, where he gasped and said, I'm out of breath, so please hold still. Then... In the twinkling of an eye, the field of battle blew sky-high, and where once had stood the powder kegs was now a large plate of scrambled eggs. The next moment, Emma's mum was touching her, saying, You look feverish to me, Em. You're hot. You're sweating, and you haven't touched your breakfast. It's true what they say. Stuff a cold, starve a fever. No wonder you haven't eaten. I'll bring you a glass of water and an aspirin. We've only just got back, said Emma hoarsely. Her mother looked at her with a head cocked in a questioning way, but didn't blink an eye. Then she said, Strange things go on in your head, Emma. I can't leave you alone for five minutes, and you're as black as Polly Flinders. Where did you get all that black on your face? It's gunpowder, Emma explained. Gunpowder, said her mum. What on earth have you been reading? It's what they use in cannons, said Emma. We learned that at school. Sometimes, she thought. Her mother didn't know as much as she did. Yes, dear, said her mum. I'll get a nice cool cloth and wipe your face. Emma looked round. The breakfast tray was gone, and with it, Duncan tingling. And where was he but sitting on the chest of drawers next to Tatiana, the Russian doll, and Captain Raggles, sea captain and smuggler, retired. Listening to Emma's mother, Duncan didn't crack a smile. I suppose some would say he was a bit hard-boiled about what mothers said to their daughters. (laughs) 